1: I so said, why you got to mention this leader's name? Why you got, you know, because it's biblical. Because I'm telling you, listen, there's a lot of junk out there. that comes in the name of Christ that are in the Christian bookstores, that are in the Christian book section, that are in the Christian whatever.com. And I'm telling you, it's false doctrine, false teaching. It's tickling the ears of the people. And that's why I do not hold back because I see Paul, he's sharing this with his people. He said, be careful. In today's message,
0: Pastor Eddie examines the role of a pastor as an under-shepherd. There are many false shepherds in our world calling believers and unbelievers towards false doctrine. Our pastors can help make us aware of the doctrine that disagrees with Scripture, but we need to do our part to be very wary of the popular ideas that can lead us astray. We need to spend time with the Holy Spirit and His Word so that we avoid the enemy's deception. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie for today's edition of Running the Race.
1: Because what happens is the church is a reflection of who the leader is. And if I'm going to lead you and I'm going to set the example, you know, you know, I expect the church to follow along. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, What's going to happen if you don't do that? Well, what's going to happen if you don't do that when you have a big women's conference in New York City and then all of a sudden somebody in your, in your staff walks on stage as the naked cowboy, you don't have to have a problem. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, now defend, oh, we didn't know. You didn't know. You didn't know the heart of the people. If you start with the heart of the people working on your staff, you don't have to worry about some naked cowboy guy who is a former model going on the stage of a women, women's conference. That's an abomination. And it is sad. Take heed. Take heed. These are the last days, and a lot is coming into the church, and we call it Christian, and we call it church. Take heed for yourself, overseers. Now, the Greek word here for overseer um, is episkopos in the Greek, which refers to leadership, responsibility over a church. It's the same word that Luke uses that parallels with verse 17, elder, and it's uh, presbyterios. So, Episcopos and presbyterios are, uh, implies the same office. It implies the same office, uh, but may stress two different aspects of the same role. And an overseer and an elder also are to take heed, guard the flock of God. That is the responsibility of a shepherd. That is the responsibility of an overseer and an elder or a bishop or pastor. They're to love the flock. They're to look over the flock. They're to care for the flock. They're to guard and protect the flock, serve the flock, and minister to the flock. Minister to the flock. You know that the word minister in the Greek is to serve. But somehow, it's the other way around where a lot of churches who are ministers expect people to serve them. And there's nothing beneath me. I've taken out the trash. Uh, There's nothing beneath me. Jesus washed the feet, and that's one of the... That was a job given to the, to the youngest or a servant. If Jesus washed feet, you know, I'm going to be just like Jesus. Now, don't come to me saying you want your feet washed. I'm, uh, you know, but you understand what I'm saying. There's nothing beneath me. I'll do it, whatever it is. It has to be. I'll do it. So what? If there are people who want to, you know what, Pastor, can I take care of that for you? Hey, if the Lord puts in your heart, by all means, great. Then I'm going to find something else that someone else could be doing. And I'll do it. If someone can't do it that, that, that week, hey, I'll do it. It's not a big deal. It's nothing beneath me. But that's what the word minister. And, and, and why? And why we're to oversee them? Why we're to, to uh, you know, be over them? Why do we have this position? Why do we have this, this place of leadership for those, speaking for those who lead, for those who desire to be in leadership? Why? Because Paul says the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Who made them overseers? That, underline that in your Bible so you can know who makes overseers and elders. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does. Now, there are those who uh, made themselves, and now we have a way of, uh, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong if you're going to college, I want to be a pastor because I want to be a college. If you feel that calling first in your heart then, don't say, well, if I go to college and get a degree, then I could be a pastor. That's not the right way. Because no one in the scriptures went to get a degree. A degree is great. If you're called to be a pastor, I'm a pastor. I want to be a good student of the word. I'm going to study work in a new college, which is something I'm doing, but I'm taking a break right now. I'm still doing it. I'm doing it because, and I, I, I'm going for the degree because it is my calling. Because God put it in my heart first. But there are people who do it the other way around. Or there are some who are elected. There's some circles where they elect a deacon, elder, or or a pastor, they elect them. It's by voting of hands, and we know how that works, right? I like what John Corson said in his commentary while I was reading through this. He said, in America, we're into democracy, but since, and he puts in brackets, and this may be news for some, God is not American. The church is not a democracy. There is no one that was voted into a position. There was only one that they cast lots, and that was the apostles to fill in this position of uh, Judas. That was it. There was not okay, you know what? Let us vote. Well, what do you think about him? You think he's leadership quality? Well, I don't know. Let's just vote. It's a popularity. That's what it comes to. And it's sad because we all vote in the flesh. We can't even put a godly man in office in our country. And we're going to try to practice that in the church? But like what Paul says here, the Holy Spirit made you, made you overseers to shepherd the church of God. This is why it has to be the Holy Spirit that points people into leadership because they're shepherding the church of God. How does one shepherd the church of God? Well, we find that when Jesus, one morning when Jesus had breakfast with Peter and the rest of the disciples. It's found in John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17. In verse 15, it says, So when they have eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, we know about the agape and phileo. That's not what I'm going to zoom in here on this text. He said to him, Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. You love me, feed my sheep. In verse 16, then he said, and he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you," Jesus said to him. "Feed my sheep." Jesus called to Peter, who would oversee the apostles. There, remember when the church first started in Acts chapter two, chapter one, he assumed the uh, he took over the role of being the I would say head apostle. And the Lord knew this, and the Lord asked him, maybe asked him three times because he denied Jesus three times. But the point that I'm trying to gear in here, what did Jesus tell them? If you love me, you feed my sheep. If you love me, you tend, you care for my sheep and feed. But the emphasis is feed. But there are some who only know how to feed but don't know how to tend. But here, we, the point is to feed. And so that is why we teach here the word. Our, our responsibility is to teach. And, 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 and in our church, I'm blessed that we're able to have people teach. And a church needs good teachers, not just a pastor. And that's our responsibility is to also raise up people to be good teachers. And so that is what we do. We teach, and as an overseer, we're to also shepherd the church of God. Here it is, shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. You, the flock, the sheep, the lamb that belongs to, to the shepherd, the congregation, the church, the bride of Christ, you belong to Jesus. You do not belong to me or any pastor or any leader. And sometimes that comes off from some pastors and leaders that, okay, I'm the pastor, here's what I say, and you do what I say. And there was a, a, a group of people, uh, it was a cult pretty much, not too long ago that came out from Florida. Florida where it was, uh, it was called discipleship or something like that. I don't remember. But what happened was if you were part of that church circle, anything you do, anything you want to do, you have to get approval from the leaders. If you want to marry somebody, you had to get their approval. Well, we, just, we want to get married. I know that's okay with you. That's how far it went. You couldn't buy appliances, a home. You couldn't make investments without their approval. That's not the way it goes then why do you need the Holy Spirit? Why do you need the Lord if you need somebody to help you with all these decisions? But that's how it is when some churches, they lord over. That, that, that cult is no longer around from my understanding. But we could see that there are leaders who want to lord over the Lamb of God, abusing and neglecting them and just actually also fleecing the flock. You know, giving you all kinds of gimmicks so you could give. And it's sad. You belong to the Lord. And... The leadership and myself, we know that. And we have an understanding of that too. We know that you belong to the Lord and we care about you and we take care of you with fear and trouble because you belong to the Lord. If you were to go away and you had a child it's very dear to your son or your daughter, three, four, five years old, and you had to make an emergency trip to another part of the United States or another country, and you needed someone desperately to care for your child. And you come to me and say, Eddie, can you take care? And you tell my wife, Eddie, Judy, can you take care of our son or our daughter? We need to go. We need some. You know what? We'll take care. We'll lay down our lives for your child. And that's what we say to the Lord, Lord. As you, the great shepherd, you lay down your life for me. Lord, you have given us responsibility for the people, and we'll lay down our lives for the
0: people. We labor
1: over you. We pray over you. Each and every one. To have a list of people in this church who have signed and give us their name for directory. We pray for you. All the leaders, John, Vicki, my wife, and myself, Joe Caruso, and his wife, Danny, all three of us, uh, three couples, six of us, we have a list of directory. And well, we pray for the church. And the names are there. We don't know what it is. We're just praying for you. And that's what it's all about. That's caring for the sheep. That is the responsibility of the shepherd. The shepherd is not, is not the great shepherd. We're the under-shepherd. The great shepherd is Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, what, what I am, I'm just a sheepdog. That's pretty much what I am. Now, Israel, they don't, that's the only shepherds It's amazing in Israel. The shepherds do not have dogs to help them tend the sheep. All around the world, Ireland, everywhere, they have dogs to help them uh, tend the sheep. But in Israel, they don't, which I find that incredible. But nonetheless, if let's say we're in Ireland, I mean, I don't know where you get a Spanish guy in Ireland, Spanish dog, maybe Chihuahua, Mexican, I don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> but anyway, my job as a sheepdog is to, to listen to the shepherd and his signs signal signaling, gather up the, sh- the flock to go in one direction or to protect them against a coming wolf. Or to scare off the, that's my job, to be the sheepdog. Because Christ is the great shepherd. Now, I'll bark. And not all barks are bad because that's all dogs know how to do. They may say, I love you and bark. It sounds the same as, I hate you, bark. Or get out away from my door, bark. Or the, the mailman, bark. <laughs> you know, all the barks are the same. But that's the job of the shepherd, is to get you to a place. Hey, listen, the, the, the shepherd is telling you, get them away from this. You got them. Get them away from that false teaching. Get them away from that false doctrine. Get them away from that false, you know, uh, preacher who sells his books, number one selling, everybody's buying it, is false teaching. That's what I'll do. I'll bark at that. And that's the responsibility of the shepherd, and it's to continue to run the race. Anyway, verse 29, it says, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So it is not the sheepdog. it It is a wolf now. They may look the same. But, you know, they're wolves. They're wolves. Verse 30, also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. So these are wolves in sheep clothing. And Paul is giving them this warning. This is a warning for all of us. He says, you know, that they're wolves. They're coming from within and from without. So we need to be careful. You know, from the beginning of the church, when it first started in John's epistle, he tells us, he talks about the Gnostics coming in with that teaching to the church. In Jude, the book of Jude, in the very beginning, the first few chapters, he begins, Well, I felt to write you about the grace of God, but then later on, as, as he's writing, and he's letting you know that this is what I want to write, but the Holy Spirit led me to write this. And he begins by telling you about people coming into the church. So it started from the very beginning, and it's still here now. So it's nothing new. Verse 31, therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. This is why uh, I don't hold back when it comes to warning you about truth. This is why I don't hold back. Look at verse 30 and what Paul is saying here. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone. Everyone, night and day, with tears. I am warning you. This is why you say, Well, Pastor, why you got to mention this leader's name? Why you got, you know, because it's biblical. <laughs> because I'm telling you, listen, there's a lot of junk out there that comes in the name of Christ that are in the Christian bookstores, that are in the Christian book section, that are in the Christian whatever.com. And I'm telling you, it's false doctrine, false teaching. It's tickling the ears of the people. And that's why I do not hold back because I see Paul he's sharing this with his people. He said, be careful. At verse 32, it says, so now, brethren, I command you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourself know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who are with me, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul is telling them, oh, listen, I don't care. I cover no one's silver or gold, or no one's apparel, no one, not even, you know, in the ministry. So what? Somebody has a church building. Big deal. So what? They got gold chairs. Big deal. So what? They got a super band. Big deal. They have all the things, but there's no substance. No substance. There's nothing. There's no spirit. No one's growing in the word. No one. Because they've been entertained. They've been getting cotton candy. You know what that is? They're feeding them cotton candy. How does cotton candy work? It tastes sweet. It's so good. It goes in your mouth and what? It dissolves right away. It doesn't even get to your stomach. It tastes sweet, but it's gone. It's not even good for you. That's what it is. Tickling in the ears. Oh, it sounds great, sweet, but it's not even good for you. It dissolves right away. Paul Paul says here at, at the end of 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus gave his disciples, if you remember, the Beatitudes recorded for us in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are eight Beatitudes, blessed are the poor, blessed are the, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Here Paul is reminding the elders of Ephesus that Jesus said, he says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. And Paul is parting, parting words, was taken from an unrecorded, Mind you, it is unrecorded from our Lord and Savior. It's not found in the gospel. When, when, when Paul says he remembered the words of our Lord Savior, he's, he's going to say it is more blessed to give than to receive. You're not going to find it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, as, as common people, we, we shouldn't be surprised. I'm not surprised at this. I believe what Paul said. I believe Jesus said it. Just Because it's not in the four gospels, that doesn't mean Jesus didn't say it. There's a lot of things that Jesus said and you and I know for sure. It's really impossible for us to record word for word for one person. It's impossible. It's impossible. As a matter of fact, John writes at the end of his gospel, at the very end, the very last verse of the gospel of John, in John, verse, John chapter 21, verse 25, he says, And there are also many other things that Jesus did which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself cannot contain the books that would be written. Amen. Every scholar, ha- uh, scholars don't have a problem with this. As a matter of fact, some of the translations, when they publish the book and they print it, we see that when we go to Beatitudes in the four gospels, the words of Jesus are in red. And some uh, some, uh, some, of the companies that manufacture or make the uh, translation of the Bible, this area in, in, in scripture, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, they have this in red. And I would say it should be in red. It's up because not in the four gospels. Paul said it is better to give than to receive. And you say, remember these words, it is blessed, I'm sorry, blessed, not better to give. It, you Let me read it right instead of just trying to get out of here. It is more blessed, because I think that's important. It is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed to give than to receive. The word blessed is mentioned 42 times in the gospel. However, it only occurs once when it's used in the New Testament, more blessed. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, this is a popular verse that you know you probably heard it from people who don't even go to church. Isn't it more blessed to give than to receive? You hear that from people who don't even go to church, they hate God, but they love that because it's a, it's a proverb to them, but it's the Word of God. And then you even have some TV evangelists who like to abuse this verse. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And I wonder if you're giving, buddy. You know, I wonder if you're giving. They misuse this all the time. But you know what? If, if, if we keep it in context, and we keep it together in the text, and this is why it's important, can I tell you? You're going to see why it's important to study verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Because anyone could just use that one verse and say, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But they didn't read the part that was before that we just read. You see how it's important, Saints? You see why it's important for us not to have points or series? You see why it's important for us to read the whole context to get it? What does it say in verse 34 and 35? It says, you yourselves know that these hands, his hands, have provided for my necessities. Not giving uh, ministry offer number 99. If you just call in, I'll give you offer number 99. And there's a little vial of holy water. I went to Israel. And I took a gallon of this holy water from the river, and I'm going to put in this vial. And I was in my office, and I pray, and I want you to have it. All you need is to send this 1995. He provided for his necessities. And he said, and for those, in verse 34, you yourself know that these hands have provided for my necessities. And for those who were with me, I have shown you in every way. Underline that by laboring like this that you must support the weak. I'm running the race.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Running the Race. Eddie will continue teaching through the Book of Acts next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to runningtheraceradio.com. You can also subscribe to the Running the Race podcast at runningtheraceradio.com or search for Running the Race in the iTunes Store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to the Running the Race podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to runningtheraceradio.com and subscribe to the Running the Race podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and access the archive of messages, log on to RunningTheRaceRadio.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Running the Race is missionary work? It is! It is! Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Running the Race. Go to RunningTheRaceRadio.com and click on the Give option in the main menu. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study as Eddie shares insights with us from the Book of Acts. That's next time on Running the Race.